0: I'm here on the floor of the celebration, surrounded by revelers, enthusiasts, people overcome with joy. I've been kissed, flashed, and complimented on my vibe. To say the mood is ecstatic, orgasmic, would be an understatement. Hang on, there seems to be a commotion developing. Yes, I see it, there it is. On the shoulders of six Ghanaian pallbearers, the casket containing the deceased and putrefying remains of one Howard D. Schultz. Born 1953, caffeinated milkshake entrepreneur come tycoon, embarrassing presidential hopeful, innovative and unorthodox anti-union boss, and sworn enemy of his own city council member, the now four times elected Shamasawan. Glad you're dead, Howard. He was discovered by his manservant, gray as slate, gripping his chest, upright at his desk, on this, the day of his greatest and final L's. The successful unionization of the first American Starbucks fast food restaurant and the defeat of the effort to recall his council member. Two battles very close to his now-exploded heart. Just a minute,
1: Greg. Ah, I'm getting word that Mr. Schultz's death is, er, metaphorical. Ah, well, even so...
2: to Mechanical Freak. Uh, we are on the boat tonight celebrating some huge wins. Uh, I am Cassidy and I am joined along with Greg. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And we are also joined by a special guest and uh, Seattle DSA electoral co-chair, Justin. Hey, bestie.
1: Good to be here. Yeah, I don't speak for the whole DSA. I'm just a guy... Just to be clear, I am not an elected member of Seattle DSA leadership. Oh, good.
0: Uh, but how's it going?
2: Good.
1: It's
0: going good. I mean, do you have to even ask? <laughs> it's going fucking good. This is, what is it, Thursday night? Uh, it's, the, it's in. We, you know, it's all, it's, it's sewn up. I just want to say, you know, for the record, because this is the kind of petty guy that I am. I called it. I called it that night. Uh, it's in the tweet record. eight twenty-eight twenty-seven Tuesday, which is minutes or moments after I first saw any news of the results. Actually, I the tweet record is me quote tweeting Rich Smith's tweet, which... He later deleted because it was slightly misleading and actually made it sound even worse for Shama than it was. It was pessimistic. Yeah, it was a pessimistic analysis.
1: You know, Rich Uh, Smith wanted Shama to win. He was trying to provide a sober perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was worded, the way it was worded, and I think he misunderstood something about the numbers, which frankly are like the way, you know, King County displays results is, and the way our whole system works of like, you know, it's hard to figure out what what percentages or what. Um, but even then I called it and I, when I finally showed up to that party shortly after that, I think I was looking at that in the, the cab over coming from work. I was at work till like fucking eight o'clock. Uh, yeah, I called it. I felt good about it at that party and, uh, yeah. So,
2: well, I think we can pack it up. It's a victory for me too. it, so we're done here. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was it was tough. Like when uh, I think the the ballot dropped the other night, like Tuesday night, I think we were down by like what like six points or something, mm-hmm. like two thousand votes. And so, like just because this is a like you know it's a different election where there's only one choice, like yes or no. Um, I was just unsure if it would swing the same way as past elections where there's like a million choices and people, you know. M- there, there is kind of more of an excuse to like just wait until the last minute. I would say.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, this. Yeah, everything about this uh, bullshit recall of Shama Sawant. Obviously, that's what we're talking about. Um, victory. If you, this is probably tomorrow, Friday. they or sometime after that, that, you're listening to this. So by then, it'll probably be even more clear. But not that much clear. Just today, we got you know the number. Another drop came in. Put Shama over. Now elected four times, four times, Shama Sawant has been elected to the Seattle City Council. uh, Only once, elected to three terms, only once allowed to serve out an entire fucking term without having to (laughs) run again. And each Uh, election
1: has been like a fucking battle. Like, it's not easy. Like, she's like fucking sailing to victory. It's like, that is the culmination of a lot of work in politics and organizing.
0: Right, Absolutely. I mean, that's key to talking about this whole thing is that Shama Sawan election victories do not look like basically any other elections in America because, you know, uh, this is a country where barely anyone fucking votes, and usually, you know, it does basically drop down to the ideological lines among people who regularly vote which is largely connected to their class position. And here you have kind of the only real, the only serious uh, get out the vote effort uh, happening in America, essentially. Uh, And for a city council campaign at that,
2: So let's look at the numbers really quick before we dive in. So, yeah, as of today, Shama, the recall no vote uh, has 50.3 percent with 20,415 votes. And the recall yes vote has 49.7 percent with 20,183 votes. So the vote margin is 232 votes. And that, my friends, is the power of field.
0: Like, yeah. I mean, the great thing about it, too, right, <laughs> it's is like wild. in any other election, you know, a real fucking election, uh, not this fu- this fraudulent fucking recall that is just a, a criminal that it is even taking place um, and is obviously been staged in a way to theoretically disadvantage Shama as much as possible by then we'll get into that to more of that. But but in any other election, you'd want you'd be like you'd might have some criticism or something for like eking out such a narrow win or something, you know, um, or you might not feel as good about it. Like this doesn't matter. This is a bullshit thing that again was like completely stacked and she retains her seat, retains her seat that she was duly fucking elected to in 2019. And like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, they can say all they want like it's close whatever and oh it'll, it'll be challenged and they'll there might even be a fucking recount whatever she fucking won she's going to win and it does come down like you say to to the field um just in our mutual connor who we ran into at the election night party uh yeah. he he had you know i think a a key analysis tweet here this is connor at 0x2x2d a very important point that people on here keep getting wrong. The December voter suppression tactic, meaning holding this stupid fucking thing in a month after the regular election, actually worked very well at reducing voter turnout, but it was countered by one of the most intensive and thorough get-out-the-vote-and-canvassing operations ever, led by Socialist Alternative. And this is a key... Thing that has to be understood because you can look at the numbers and see that we did end up being like over 50 percent turnout right what is it or is it just under uh, I think 52, 52. yeah okay 52, 52, and, so that, yeah. and what do we know what it was in november 54 okay so pretty close yeah pretty close uh and the you could say if you didn't want to think about it any harder you could say that oh well the every, the thing everyone was worried about or complaining about this fraudulent election being held a month after the regular election, which itself was a fucking odd year election that also shouldn't happen. Uh, you could look at that and say, well, it didn't really depress turnout. Uh, not uh, Maybe one percent. Um, but you got to take into account that this is. A single election. Uh, not like. A bunch of elections for the county and the city and that there was this uh massive like incredible effort that i think we will attempt to describe yeah so uh you know we don't have anyone from SA on though we did reach out to some because i guess you know they're all like still working because this isn't actually <laughs> yeah, over yeah no they're doing yeah. a ballot they, just, they don't operation. sleep you know so yeah, I mean, part of my faith that like whatever challenges, whatever future things were like that this is like sewn up and really my faith that it was on election night is down to my utter and complete faith in the legendary ab- abilities of SA to fucking win this shit. And I got to see it firsthand, you know, I went out um Who recruited you? Who shifted you? <sighs> <I don't laughs> Do you remember? No, I, know. I- Yes, I you do. I did. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you kept hounding Just me. Saying. I've been working nice. too much. Yeah. To fu- yeah. I've been working, like, weekends and, like, every other fucking time or I've been sleeping in till 2 when I've had a day off of my, like, 60-hour weeks of the last month. And I hadn't gotten out until this weekend for Shama. And I witnessed something, like, uh, it fucking incredible. I mean, the amount... I knew they were doing basically round-the-clock fucking shifts, like, you seeing the photos of the huge mega canvases, knowing that the shifts were happening, like, one after another, many people doing multiple shifts in a row. I know you did more than once, Justin. Um But I also saw, like, just from doing a fucking canvas, that just their data operation alone yeah. was incredible. The shit really good. Like, they had been to every single house that we knocked like multiple times just for this cycle. And that started based on their existing data for the district, um, that they no doubt were refining all the last fucking year, uh, and updating and, My God, like we were knocking on doors where people had given like a commit to vote a week earlier, but their vote hadn't at least, you know, shown up online. Got to get them to verify. You have to. Yeah. You know, like that, that was the level we were at that point of literally those were the doors that were being knocked on because everything else had been done uh and multiple times and that's how the fuck you do this like uh without the effort knocking on all those doors in the third many many people would not have had a fucking clue that there was even an election on absolutely many people who voted in this this shit probably didn't even wouldn't have didn't even know there was an election fucking a month last ago last time yeah you yeah. know mm-hmm. like because There wasn't a fucking Shama race on in the last one. And that's the reason a lot of people in the third who make these victories possible even vote is because Shama's campaign is out there doing this effort. You know, the kind of effort that was not happening for, I don't know, say Lorena Gonzalez for mayor, you know. So I, I would have no problem believing that there are people who literally didn't vote in the general. That'd be an, I bet that statistic probably exists. Actually, we could find that.
2: Absolutely, and I mean you know let's talk about again you know some people can say oh Shama like she barely squeaked this through. She's barely going to win. Um, look at Lorena who lost by nineteen points. Like when you compare Shama a like a third party you know socialist compared to say lorena you know this safe
0: nominally yeah. popular democrat mm-hmm. moderate mm-hmm. yeah dream big work hard
2: um and i but i mean <laughs> she had literally no field operation going and yeah. uh it was utter disappointment. But I mean, you know, let's even talk about our other abolitionist and progressive uh, and socialist candidates, whether it be Nikita or NTK. The reality is, is, and this is no shade to anybody, it's just this is what it takes to win. It's not going to be one canvassing shift and it's not going to be reusing a script that you used from the primary. You have to be extremely detail oriented and you have to have shifts all the fucking time day in you and day asking out Asking the
0: right questions Absolutely. gathering the right data
2: you have to create a voting plan check in to yes. make sure that just because someone committed to vote doesn't mean that they have actually turned that ballot in and because of detailed
0: materials
2: Exactly. You ha- you know, it does having a good uh, you know, lit that you can leave on somebody's doorstep, sure, that's cool, but that's not gonna actually get the job done. And again, like we can talk about how close this was, but I'm sure that SA and Shama and everyone have known since day one this is how many votes we're gonna need to get to win. And that's exactly what they did.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, you know, the other part that's fun about that is like, you know, if you did get out there and knock doors, my God, it mattered. It every mattered. Shift, I happened to every every know. single shift mattered. Yeah. Every shift mattered. I happen to know that because we talked about it on this podcast, people went out and did shifts because yep. they have told me. And I mean, I'm that feels good.
2: No, and I mean you know even like you know Justin, and again you know this is not us taking away any credit from SA, but yeah, like the re- I couldn't come out and door knock because I am poor and live in Port Angeles, but I was like I'm gonna do phone banking so that I can get other people to door mm-hmm. knock, right? And so I was able to shift all sorts of people, and like Justin, I know oh, that yeah. even just like your posts that you did, that you were like, if you haven't knocked doors for Shama this cycle, you're a neo-lib, and I think you suck. Like, guess what? <laughs> it works, you know. Yeah. and uh i'll use
1: shame once in a while as an organizer and it's just i mean
2: you know it i am just really proud of everyone whether it be us whether it be sa just everyone who really turned out for this because it it really reminds me and i haven't seen anything like this since bernie for iowa and nevada um which is that like we all through down and it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to knock a shift on a Sunday, right? It's like, no, there's going to be shifts in every fucking park, every corner of the district, just like how we did in Iowa, where it was like every corner of that state and every little area, there was people knocking every single fucking door. And guess what? And it was organized barely, and detailed. And guess what though? Even with that, we barely fucking won. We barely yeah. squeaked it out, right? And and some could say maybe even not close enough, but it's the same sort of thing, which is that whether it's Shama Sawant or Bernie Sanders, we're not going to get there just by doing half-assed field programs and like feel good, like social gathering events and shit. Like we have to fucking know just like how I knew on day one that I got into Iowa, we need to get 88,300 whatever commits to caucus. And that means that as a field organizer, you need to, you know, and it's not that complex it's just doing the tried and true organizing work list building data collection like that's what fucking wins and so yeah, yeah good fucking job
1: but like none of these people like they had 1500 volunteers they had like uh the campaign had 200 people like showing up for like mega canvas day like literally 200 people yeah like 45 tables throughout the city and I mean, like, some of that Incredible. is, like, list work, but a lot of this is just, like, the politics of the campaign are, like, very Absolutely. sharp. Like, people yeah. aren't going to show up to, like, fucking talk to, like, assholes in the rain because, like, oh, this is a, you know, good
0: Democrat. Like, this is the most important election of our lifetimes. So we oh, have I to know. elect Democrats to office or else <laughs> the Republicans are, you know, blow me. Like, it's not going to, that doesn't do it. Doesn't cut exactly. it. No. No. That's why you, that's why Shama wins. Uh, and. You know, with that in mind, really what we need to do tonight is hear from the queen herself, because um, I fucking I fucking missed it because I was coming from work. But Shama on Tuesday. Also uh, sounding very confident, I think no one wanted to say anything but me because I'm just a blowhard and (laughs) I care. I I, I care more about being right than I do about being wrong. I'm not going to (laughs) explain that, but it it makes sense to me.
2: I think they were mentality. very confident. Yeah. I, think
0: Shama, I think Shama knew that she'd won this. And no, because again, a,
2: just like with Bernie on caucus night, when Pete came out and said he won, we all knew behind the they scenes. had the data. We, we were like, yeah. no, we won. We know we did. And I'm sure that Shama's team, the same thing. Like they knew what their commits were and their positive IDs yeah. were, and they knew they were going to fucking pull through.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shama gave a fucking burner of a speech that night, which I later watched and read. Uh, I've read it twice now. And we're going to hear some selections. So, I mean, on the subject of exactly what we're talking about, uh, the campaign itself, this is Shama.
3: The massive support for working people and young people, from young people and working people for our campaign, is also reflected in our record number of volunteers over 1,500. <laughs> and and our record number of donors. We broke multiple records, our own records, in fact, from the past campaigns. We had more donors by a country mile than any Seattle election ever with over 11,500 individual donors.
0: We had more in-district donors than any campaign in Seattle history, with over 5,000, nearly triple the number from the far-right recall campaign. We raised more money, without taking a dime in corporate cash, not that they would give it to us, than any city council campaign in Seattle history, raising over one million and ten thousand dollars we vowed to build the biggest get out the vote campaign that Seattle has ever seen and we've done exactly that. It's and fucking they insane. Did. Hell, yeah. Um again, we'd you know, it'd be nice to talk to some uh someone from SA about this. Not from the actual campaign, because we have beef with them. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, but we don't. So we have Justin who led the DSA effort. I mean, uh, which, you know, came out in solidarity. I mean, do you have you know, a specific perspective on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would just say there's, there's a lot to, um, learn from the way they campaign. And again, I want to emphasize that, like, I think the the politics are really like galvanizing and, uh, you know, their emphasis on, on class struggle and like the things Shama has, has gotten done. Like it's easy to make ass for Shama, just like it was easy to make ass for Bernie. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like oh, I, yeah. I would I would normally be like, you know, like if it's like a Luke, if it's a campaign that's like, yeah, you know, OK, like I'm not going to be that comfortable asking people for like money at the doors. But for like Shama, it's like, you know, they have a, a very good system of making asks for money at, at the doors. And it's like, uh, you know, think of it as like, you know, you know. You, you you're going to get something that's in your material interest you want you know whether it's like tenant protections you want fucking rent control like uh you know get in on the ground floor of this campaign like this is historic it's going it's going to help you out
0: uh, and, a history uh, of tangible results at this point. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. No, it was some
2: of the easiest asks I've made in phone banking. Like when I was calling potential volunteers to shift the weekend before it was like, oh, absolutely. Like, just tell me when I need to be there. Like, no question. Um, and yeah, that's, that speaks to who Shama is. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean like the the good thing about like volunteering for Shama Solidarity was like you know there there's a lot of like volunteering you can do on the left where you're like uh yeah I'm not sure is this a good use of my time but um you know, like SA's campaign was so well organized. It's like, you know, yeah. this is a good use of your time. You know, no, this is going to matter. Don't,
2: yeah, no. For other campaigns, you might not know, like, am I going to show up and nobody's going to know how to train me on the on the app? Or are they going to have like a good script? You know, like whatever it may be that you might have a worry about, like they've got it fucking together. So yeah they they yeah. did a great job
0: yeah exactly
2: and the thing is they're going to continue like doing the work and collecting data and having conversations like and doing meaningful work so that the next time around they're going to fucking pull this off again so
0: yeah um so here this is Shama speaking about the recall itself this 15 month long mockery of democracy has reminded us of the difficulty of having a genuinely democratic society under the billionaire's system. We saw the utter hypocrisy of how this thoroughly undemocratic recall system in Washington state was applied by the capitalist courts. The recall against Amazon's mayor, Jenny Durkin, tear gas Jenny, was unanimously thrown out by the state Supreme Court judges, despite the weapons used by police under her watch against peaceful protesters myself included despite the 18,000 complaints by peaceful protesters. So that's, that is the recall itself, Uh, a completely fraudulent undemocratic affair based on, you know, in Washington state, the, it's an idiotic system where, you know, you have to make some accusation of criminality to get a recall on a ballot and a court has to say, and the state court has to say, yep, that would be a crime if anyone did it. And that's it. Something that obviously is designed to be a bulwark against frivolous fucking uh, recall campaigns, but which of course is easily turned against the left, against someone fighting for working class power like Shama. And, you know, of course, the, the crimes that uh, she was accused of were the traditional use of the office copy machine bullshit. <laughs> some uh, some weird, stupid bullshit technicality where like some funds were spent on a campaign three days earlier than they were supposed to be illegally that no one, that just wasn't understood correctly. Uh, that again, has been dismissed on every other level or and resolved. Um, and cares? then uh you know the real crux of it the thing that stuck hilariously is the uh baldly anti-protest uh sanction against her for allowing people of the public into city hall uh in some scenario that that was supposedly against uh state COVID restrictions, which literally no one, including any other elected official has been held to. She cites actually also in the speech that the Thurston County sheriff who, you know, openly defied the mask mandates for his whole department, his someone, they tried to recall him over that someone did, you know, for, you know, from the left, uh, so to speak, that was thrown out as well. Um. <laughs> Just, just a totally bullshit, illegitimate, fraudulent, uh, waste of everyone's time.
1: Yeah, and then the other thing they cited was the uh, protest to uh, Mayor Jenny's mansion. Uh, oh, you right. know, like the Seattle yeah. Times has been on, and you know, pretty much every like uh, media source besides like the Stranger has been on. Like uh, Shama led that march. She revealed, you know, the office of a. Uh, She revealed the residence of a federal
0: (laughs) prosecutor. That's dangerous. That wasn't her.
2: That was a freak.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Every time. And I think I think it literally says that said this in the voters pamphlet is like is accused of, you know, uh, leading a march to the home of Mayor Jenny Durkin, whose address is protected under state law because she was a prosecutor. The, The fraudulence of that, like. It's
2: so sad. It's suggesting,
0: intimating that she released Jenny's address to the that public. She doxed no Mayor such,
2: Jenny. Yeah. No
0: such fucking thing <laughs> happened because, uh, yeah, the protection that Jenny is under just means like her address isn't listed on a bunch of state documents that otherwise in normal practice it would be. Doesn't mean it's fucking top secret that like the fucking Secret Service comes around and assassinates anyone who learns because they're too dangerous to live. You know, it's fucking out there uh, and people know where she lives in this town. Then they, so that is just a fraudulent suggestion that's literally made by the court on the fucking uh, voter's pamphlet, or possibly on the ballot. Um, And obviously in all the coverage, the other fucking fraudulent part of this is that Sawant, so yeah, led this march. And that's just total bullshit. We know who led the fucking march. (laughs) Munya, our co-host, led the fucking march. Yep. Uh, Like, that's who led the goddamn march. That's who organized it. That's who uh, invited Shama to show up at at a park and then walk toward uh, what turned out to be Jenny's house. And, you know, what we also know is that No one who organized that march even knew which house was Jenny's. It's just public fucking knowledge, what neighborhood she lived in. And then once everyone got there, her neighbors all ratted her the fuck out. (laughs) And so but not that anyone really even publicized which specific house, you know, like publicly. Everyone just showed up in in a wealthy neighborhood next to a massive private park, you know, uh, no anyway, Munya is the hero of that <laughs> affair. I mean, God bless Shama for showing up in solidarity and and shouting down uh, Jenny's empty home as sh- as she uh, paced away in a hotel room somewhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were like there are a lot of people involved like in organizing the protest. But it was, uh, yeah, Seattle DSA, as well as um, families of, uh, you know, people who are victims of police violence organized yeah. that.
0: But poor Jenny. Yeah. Yeah, again in a scenario where Jenny was leading, you know, responsible for the Seattle police ultimately gassing whole neighborhoods of peaceful protesters including uh, you know, us and Shama. Uh just just repulsive shit. Um and you know, of course we should hit on the well we're talking about the just the whole nature of the recall, the um the egregious uh Seattle Times coverage Uh, obviously like their editorials like you know endorsing the uh recall on the basis of all the bullshit we just said and just that you know shama's got to go you know yeah um, because we hate her but um you know there's also this got a lot of play but this like really repulsive uh insinuation of like electioneering fraud and this is the The tweet of their article here from Seattle Times Opinion, regardless of the results of the Seattle City Council recall election, the proliferation proliferation like it's (laughs) nuclear weapons of print your ballot stations under campaign tents on Capitol Hill shows that the state's electioneering laws have not kept pace with modern technology. Well, Obviously, uh, people have been doing this for a decade, and it's literally explicitly yeah. <laughs> uh, permitted in the law. And it's like, what's what's the accusation here? Again, what they're doing here is uh, what they continued to do, which is instinctually as a as members of the ruling class, uh, as the as an organ of the bourgeoisie, they're instinctually like muddying the waters of the legitimacy of this this election, so right. that if any challenge effort gets going is successful whatever political forces are relevant and in play will have that much more political cover to invalidate the election that's not really going to happen there but like they're instinctually doing that they continue to do it hilariously yesterday again we said on election night the yes recall was up six points and then the next day as the vote came in and that closed from six points to point six points. This was them breaking the effort to recall council member Shama Sawant continues to advance with Wednesday Wednesday's ballot count resulting in 50.3 percent of voters agreeing to remove her from office.
1: I mean, as far as like the the print station, um, like. Socialist Alternative and Shama Solidarity were just doing. I mean that th- this is a service that the government should be providing anyway. Like, yeah. it should be like really easy to just like print out your ballot anywhere, and uh, they're making it extremely convenient for people to vote. They're doing a service. They printed out plenty of yes on the recall votes too. You know they have to. Um, so I yeah I mean I don't know like like Seattle Times just doesn't want. The the working class to vote. I mean, that's their yeah, thing. They don't no, want the poorest to vote. Either. I
2: mean, it's not like I'm. I've volunteered and worked on other campaigns that have done this. It's not like Shama's campaign like found this loophole and is exploiting the system. It's like no, this exists. And like, if they're so pissed about it, maybe they should have like done some printing as well. But again, like, they weren't doing any real organizing. They were just like marching down the street with their recall shama signs you know i did see Uh, them yeah yeah yeah. but uh no i mean i think i heard that like shama's uh you know essays team and everybody like there was 150 tables throughout the third district uh on the last weekend um so that's incredible you know be pissed so like sorry they did a good job again that speaks to their field program like they fucking killed it and a lot of other
0: People who worked on campaigns, you know, pointed out that this has been explicitly legal for Absolutely. a long time. Yeah. And there's there's also there's nothing untoward about it and pointed out that they've done it in this town.
2: Yes. We did it yeah. in the and November yeah. election. Exactly. Just not and as good. <laughs> also, like, you can print your ballot from home. Like, you know, like, this is not new. Um, right, they're and, just
0: trying to cast a pall on this. But, I mean, it's not going to work. It doesn't matter. But it is just like, just well, remember, these I've, people are... You know,
2: I'm not saying it's going to work for this, but let's be real. Like, just like how, you know... The Democrats will like do anything to make sure that progressives don't win. Like it's going to be the same thing here in Washington. Steve yeah. Hobbs just got appointed to the Secretary of State. Um, you know, I would. Well, I'm they not, could change the law. You I, mean? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not yeah. saying this will happen, but like everybody hates Shama. right? And so, yeah. like from the Democrats, and so it's like I would not be surprised if at the state level they saw this happening and went, "Oh shit, we need to put a cap on that and make sure that you know you can only print it from a." approved state of Washington locate like you know maybe it's like uh the voting location or whatever
0: some dumb shit or you know I think the pitch the times was making that is that you can't have like a
2: a printing station station from a campaign yeah Mm -hmm.
0: you know next to uh you know election materials you know
3: which is yeah
2: and you know. again Steve Hobbs so like he is a extremely moderate democrat and they just jay just appointed him from Kim Wyman who was a republican and so yeah mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if they try and pull some sort of moderate bullshit um so tbd on that
0: there's also a funny quote in the times from the uh from recall Sawant so campaign manager and chair Henry Bridger the 2nd loser said um so uh Hank Jr said Tuesday night he is not worried about the ballot counting results skewing towards Sawant in later days because he <laughs> believed the initial results are the sentiment of the district Ew uh so like simultaneously like yeah like just anti-democratic like voter suppressive attitude here but also like like the Times is doing here, but it sounds hack to say, but it's like a Trumpian tactic. Like it's exactly what Trump was doing after the 2020 election, of just like trying to like throw mud in the air and cast doubts on like the validity of the election Stop about the how steal. like you know, oh, it looked like one thing on election night, and then it got worse, you know, for me. Uh, So then it got better for me in other states, but never mind. So, you know, sum up actually talking about the recall itself by saying that uh, I fundamentally think that all recalls are bad and ideally they would be abolished as anti-democratic um, I think like if you're gonna have elections they should probably fucking count uh, not be able to be undermined whenever someone feels like it do you know recall that we on this podcast had like no enthusiasm really for the proposed recall of Mayor Jenny Durkin tear gas Jenny as yeah. Shama called her Um <laughs> No shade to the people who wanted to do it. I get it. Like, it seems like an avenue to punish or get rid of someone you despise who's fucking, you know, uh, waging war on you. And certainly, like, Shama's point about the hypocrisy of the courts dismissing out of hand that recall and engineering the best possible scenario for Shama's recall is entirely valid. But, like, that's the first reason that we should want them to just go away these like recalls in general because they're ultimately an undemocratic tool so they're going to be weighted in favor of capital like the jenny durkin recall would have lost because all recall challenges from the left always lose because like everything's stacked against you uh it would have sucked up an enormous amount of oxygen and people's fucking time and it would have lost uh, this bullshit recall almost succeeded, but for the, like, Herculean efforts of Solidarity to destroy it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, like, I'm not against recalls in theory, but, uh, yeah, I mean, these, these types of recalls, like, it's a little bit too easy to do them, like, especially in states like... California where conservatives are like just going crazy with recalls. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I don't know like what my position would be, but it's just like, it's a little bit too easy to do them. And if it's that easy, like these recalls are just going to happen all the time, which is why it's so important to make sure that Shama doesn't get recalled.
0: Yeah. And like, because it is so, you know, there's supposed to be uh, structures in place to prevent it being so easy and usually in most states including here like there has to be some gross malfeasance or crime involved that's like how it's supposed to work here but nonetheless we can see that can be abused as it was in the case of shama because you know no crimes were fucking committed uh more importantly and this will be my last point on this you know if we agree like that should be the standard like yeah obviously like it should you know i and i hear people say this like well we do need these to be able to respond to like gross corruption or something and i don't agree i think i think it's just bad because i think if an elected has committed crimes there are like way less stupid ways to deal with that they can all be legally impeached if you're saying To me, like, but what if they aren't impeached? Like, what if they're corrupt and have done demonstrable crimes and there is no political will in the relevant body to expel one of its members or its executive because of corruption? Then I would ask you, what would be the fucking point of recalling that person? If the relevant body is so fucking corrupt that they can't, like, expel someone for, you know, shooting someone in the street... Then it doesn't matter. Then, you know, it doesn't matter if you recall some person, even if you get to elect another person, but much less so if that body is going to appoint someone. Mm-hmm. So it's either just going to be this thing, the tool used undemocratically against the working class, against the left, or it's going to be just a bullshit exercise that's going to fail. It it doesn't really need to exist. Just either impeach people or l- understand that. You you know you need to have an analysis of power in that situation and realize that you don't have any and and move on you know try something else yeah okay so now we come to tea time Ooh, i got yeah. my kettle on the stove i hear it whistling uh going to continue on with some selections from shama's election night speech here about a group of people We know, as the Democrats. Shama says, Our results tonight stand in stark contrast to those in November, where big business succeeded in buying the elections. The November election results, unfortunately, reflected the failure of many woke, progressive candidates and politicians, both in Seattle and around the country, encountering the false, fear-mongering, anti-poor, anti-worker, Protest demonizing narrative by the Chamber of Commerce and the right wing. Just weeks ago, the Seattle City Council Democrats voted for raises for the Seattle police. Yes, raises for them in the context of their ongoing racist policing, in the context of continued federal oversight, in the context of the SPD sending the largest single contingent of officers to the January 6th attempted coup in D.C. They did this as public employees providing crucial social services in Seattle continue to be grossly underpaid. What did we do? We refused to back down in the face of a right-wing backlash, and we have fought against the efforts of the Democratic establishment to make concessions to the right. Powerful words. Calling out the uh, Democrats, and and she continues to.
1: I mean, I I think there's going to be, you know, more more tea here but um yeah i mean i i think she's correct in that uh yeah i mean the the campaigns that were run in uh november especially like i think you you can maybe cut this i think we'll get to lorena gonzalez's campaign and i think uh there's some very <laughs> good good points to make that like yeah. she did not run a campaign that galvanized anybody
0: Okay, later she goes on to say, the victories for big business and by large margins was in no small part because of the kind of progressive campaigns that were run. Yep. Damn. Shama says, I endorsed Nikita Oliver as a movement leader and hoped they would win. I hoped the big business candidates would lose in their other races in the November election in spite of the major weaknesses. Of the woke progressive Democrats' campaigns. But big business had a virtual sweep in Seattle's November election, as well as big victories nationally. Why? Because while corporate PACs backed law and order candidates, the progressive Democrats overwhelmingly failed to campaign on working class issues. Worst was Lorena Gonzalez. <laughs> I mean, that's a bumper
1: sticker. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what even was the message of Lorena Gonzalez's campaign? What was the message was literally
2: email my campaign if you want to volunteer. I just like when I saw that tweet, I
0: knew that she was going to lose. It's just seriously. Shama goes on. Worst was Lorena Gonzalez. But even Nikita Oliver never campaigned in a real way for rent control. They never campaigned to expand the Amazon tax for affordable housing. Instead, Oliver actually removed rent control from their website platform and they backed away from <laughs> rent control in a high profile debate.
1: Holy Damn.
2: shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, Shama's I mean, it's. i
2: spit in the fire that we've all been thinking, not going to lie.
0: That is the fucking tea. It's true. No, nobody wants to hear it, but yeah. it's true. Yep. Nobody wants to hear it. But, you know, I, I, I'm going to recall back to our post-election episode where I think Brian, who is not here tonight, summed it up most succinctly. I'm going to attempt to paraphrase him uh, because he said that, well, he copped to the fact that all of us uh, not only supported uh, Nikita, but beyond that, generally assumed that they had the best chance of any of the progressive or radical candidates in November because we believed or assumed that they had meaningful networks in the community from years of grassroots organizing. And we found that just to not be true. That was Brian's sort of uh, I think concise. we not as deep of...
2: as we had thought. Yeah.
0: Right. And I think Shama's coming at it from a different side. Also accurate because the numbers, like the fact that uh, Oliver did win the primary. We, you know, we know we can see that there's, there was at least some support, some name recognition. And I think Shama's analysis is that if they had really been loud about some of these most meaningful issues, like rent control, maybe they could have won which they were in 2017
1: like quite a bit more i felt like the politics were were were, were sharper and then like this time around it was a bit more of a you know prevent Soft defense edges, instead yeah. of like yeah i mean instead of uh rent control like go after the developers let's do housing for all you know
2: well and i mean look Shama isn't doing any listening sessions you know what I mean she is setting the tone and telling people this is what we need and of course we know that it's based off you know like uh democratically like SA like helps her decide what the platform is blah 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 but my point is, is it's like you know you don't have to be soft about it you don't have to like make it like oh i'm listening to you and i'm gonna hear you it's like no like we need rent control and here's why and you need to do the work of educating voters on this is why and this is why it's so serious instead of oh i'll listen to you i'll hear you like sorry that's not that's not a winning strategy that's
0: uh frankly just yeah the the sort of idea of the the listening, whatever, the community listing posts or something does. Yeah, it strikes me as kind of like a, it a just, corny sort it of neophyte like,
2: yeah. politics.
0: What a concept uh, idea about like, I'm going to be the real politician who gets out there and connects with the people. And it's like, that sounds nice, but I, I think it misses the point. And I don't know if this, you know, failure to really campaign on Something like rent control is an ideological hesitation about like discomfort with hardline economic issues like that, or a cowardice to campaign on what you believe in the face of a bad analysis that those issues can't win. Because like, I I don't know which it is. Because in the cold light of day, post election, Nikita Oliver is opaque to me. You know, like I I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. what that's about. And I, I, you might hear this critique and say, no, that's wrong. Nikita fought hard on these issues. Maybe even rent control. Maybe Shama's, you know, I I don't know. I can imagine someone saying that, um, taking a, a a nuanced look at this, you know, pulling some quotes. Shama just fucking won for the fourth time, the hardest time. And Shama was watching Nikita's campaign. So for me, that, Says a lot. I I put a lot of stock in that. And guess what? Look to the fucking winners.
2: We know because we've seen the screenshots of Shama texting Bernie's campaign to be like, why the (laughs) fuck haven't you endorsed me? I'm sure that Shama has. It's not like she's just throwing these words out without ever trying to connect or like speak with Nikita about why this is important. Right. So, I mean.
1: Yeah. That's disappointing. The, yeah. the other context is like socialist alternative and SHAMA, like they ran a pack for Nikita and John Grant in twenty seventeen. Like they threw down. Mm-hmm. They they even uh, encouraged people to vote for Nikita at the doors, you know, like this year as well. Uh, when they were doing their canvases, mm-hmm. you know, during uh, you know, October and such. So like uh, I don't know, I think I think that's useful context
0: for this as well. Also, you know, we should say, because we're going to get into, we don't want to conflate here. So we're going to get into some of the other Democrats' malfeasance here and we don't want to conflate or confuse anybody because, in fact, uh, Nikita did at least come out and endorse yeah. Shama in this right. recall. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Um, which, uh, I, we're going to count up uh, what how many other uh, local uh, political figures did did that. Um, we'll we'll use our fingers and we'll count them up. <laughs> uh So Shama goes on, why did the other Democrats like Lorena Gonzalez not offer anything to the working class or fight on any working class demands? Why did they allow the election to be framed and defined by the right wing backlash against Black Lives Matter by a right wing law and order message? Why did they not call out the big business backing of their opponents like the two million in corporate money being used to buy those elections? the blowout in Gonzalez's election was because she never brought up any fighting demands. She campaigned on the defensive throughout unwilling to point out that her opponent was favored, was the favored candidate of big business because she herself did not want to antagonize big business. Yep. Okay. So this is another claim that, you know, you might be saying you might have a nuanced take and you might uh, pull some quotes and say, well, golly gee, (laughs) actually, uh, sir, ma'am, council member, winning four times elected council member. Uh, You got that wrong. Actually, and in fact, Lorena Gonzalez did campaign on those things, did call out Bruce for being in the pocket of big business. (laughs) Responding to someone who was live tweeting the speech who said, um, bro, she just said Lorena Gonzalez let Bruce Harrell win. Because she campaigned on the defensive with no fighting demands and never called Harold on being biz business's favorite, and this is a response that uh, got a lot of play. Lol, we called Bruce big business's favorite in like every interview, every forum, every debate. Nobody cared. And yes, <laughs> I voted against this stupid recall. I, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. It's like you know what? May, maybe, maybe the text of the speech exactly as it is is wrong. Maybe that evolved from like a different point maybe shop let's let's say maybe shama is technically wrong here that uh and is being hyperbolic to say that lorena never mentioned that Bruce was in the pocket of big business. She
1: never mentioned the developer money until Fernando's tweet thread, like going through all the real estate donors. Like she didn't. They were like, and then hey, she finally Spire. did, like after that. Yeah. When everybody's like, yeah, this is awesome, Fernando.
0: This is fucked up. Yeah. At the end of the day, whatever, like, even if you could pull quotes of Lorena Gonzalez making these points, like you said it yourself nobody cared you lost by 19 points shama won and she was watching that election you did not run the same kind of anti-capitalist campaign fearlessly calling out like the uh, malfeasance electorally but also uh you know, of our fucking economic system. I'm sorry. Like, that which didn't side happen.
1: are you on? No, and- like Shama's lit. The which side <laughs> are you on with like big business yeah. on one side, yeah. working class on the other side, fucking Bernie Sanders on the other side. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah.
0: Like the impression from outside is that there wasn't even a campaign that they just weren't even trying in the last month that they'd given up. <laughs>
2: um,
0: I mean, like,
2: here's the thing is actually, I feel like their tweet like is kind of spot on and they're not lying and that like I think that Lorena did say in most uh forms interviews etc like oh yeah I'm not the big business candidate that but like did she do so in a meaningful way like did she do so in a way that actually moved people and because, like like just like like that person said people didn't care and so Okay, cool. You know, I'm sure she did have that line of like, I'm the anti whatever and I do this, you know, like she probably had those two really solid lines that she practiced every single day in front of the mirror. And she's like, I got this. I'm throwing it into the forum interview." you know, whatever. But that doesn't matter if it's not meaningful and if it's not concrete and if there's not specific demands like Shama's talking about and specifics of like, here's what that means. And here's what I'm going to do with that in this, this position in this office. And just like Greg said, and I mean, I want to be super clear on this is that on a campaign like this, like they didn't get to really have a say of what strategy was and what was happening. They were probably just like very task oriented. And so I want to be clear on that, that like I'm not here to shade any fellow campaign workers like this is Lorena and the consultants fault for sure. Um, And and they like I'm sure that these workers were never empowered to be successful. Right. Like they never had the opportunity to because that was never going to happen. That that wasn't this sort of campaign and that's not what they were hired to do. Um, So when they say, yeah, we did say that in every interview and nobody cared, like that's pretty spot on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, I it's it's just baffling to see someone given that situation and given the loss to like to want to stand up in white knight for Lorena Gonzalez. Yeah, like, I
2: mean, look, Shama's uh Shama's speech is spitting and fire, and so I'm not surprised that some people were taken aback by it. That's what she does, and she doesn't fucking care. So
0: the right people are mad at it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely they are. Okay, Shama continues spilling, the f- dumping, dumping the f- a deluge of fucking tea. <laughs> <laughs> it is because the Democratic Party is not a party of the working class, but rather a party of the billionaires. Even its progressive wing ultimately wants to make peace with big business, spit and fire, and limit itself to make largely symbolic changes within the status quo. I mean, I think we all understand that to be true. Later, she goes on to say, to be clear, I'm not talking about Democratic Party voters or rank and file activists who broadly want their party to represent working people. Mm I am talking about the pro-capitalist elected officials. Now, in the wake of big business victories in November, the Democrats on the Seattle City Council are looking to hug the new corporate politicians while they continue to attack our movements. It is no accident. That while Mosqueda, that's Teresa Mosqueda, a uh, council person, continues to oppose our legislation for rent control. uh, uh You know, a th- uh, council person who, like, endorsed and was, like, a local, like, spokesperson or co-chair or something for the Bernie campaign. Uh, and is
2: now on the, one of the, like, people on Bruce's transition
0: team. Mm-hmm. yeah. While... <laughs> While Mosqueda continues to pose our legislation for rent control, yet she decided to join new okay, corporate yeah. mayor Bruce Harrell's transition team. There are a lot of hisses in yeah, the room at yeah. this
1: point. Ooh, a lot oh, of hisses yeah. and booze.
2: <laughs> no, that was a choice for sure. Like, what is she doing?
0: Well, look, I mean, Shama's got the analysis here to a T. Mm-hmm. It's this stuff, you know, this is no surprise to us, but I'd be interested. It'd be uh, nice to imagine, and this is, I you know, the primary, probably the primary uh utility of having Shama in there is saying shit like this and maybe some people hearing it. But like, this is how progressive Democrats think. They're they try to work. They're like they they think they see which way the wind is blowing, and they're like, well, I gotta go along to get along. And that means, on the one hand, uh cozying up to Bruce Harrell, and on the other hand, uh, we're we're gonna find out. Um, yeah. Cause
1: like in in 2019 when it was like expedient and Amazon like dumped all that money into the election, like uh, you know, they, they all endorsed Shama and kind of, you know, like uh we we did that uh, protest at the the spheres, uh-huh. but uh you know, they were basically like silent this time around when it was, you know, it it, it would put them like Add on like slightly more of a limb this time because uh, you know they don't want to be you know associated with the council member that got recalled or something. But I mean, like, if you have like I don't know, like if you have any sort of like concrete you know beliefs to like you know
0: stand in solidarity won with the working class, like exactly any like, this should be a no brainer. Seriously. Right, they saw which way the wind is blowing. Um, right, no, they they basically yes, because like of Amazon's big money dump in 2019, like the narrative formed around that, even in local media, and they basically essentially ran as a kind of progressive slate. You know, this is uh, uh, Mosqueda. Wait, was Mosqueda up in? No, it's Tammy Morales. It's Morales. Um, and Tweedledee D and Tweedledum, whatever the fuck their names are um from the (laughs) seventh and the fifth or whatever lewis and stress yeah yeah um you know and they came into you know 2020 with that kind of goodwill the anti-amazon the sort of nominally allied with shama even in some way and then in the in the face of the uprisings sort of were able to like tiptoe some kind of line where they really didn't do anything but at the same time sort of Put some lip service toward, yeah, maybe we uh maybe we should uh d- defund the police a little or something at some point.
2: Well, and I'm I not to say that this actually d- translates to anything, but I mean, there was one night in particular when the protests were really picking up that like it was the night that Shama was on the front lines. And mm-hmm. I, I might be wrong, but wasn't wasn't Teresa there too? I'm almost positive her and Shama were there together. And Sounds I remember right. them leaving together. Um, but yeah, like that's not fucking happening now.
0: Right. And then, you know, now that uh, they got out of that, they, you know, you get the impression, I, you know, that, yeah, it's all just fucking, I think the correct impression is that it's all just fucking instrumental. It's all, it's, it's purely cynical. Like, yeah, they managed to fucking hang together that election then they they like held their breath and managed to get through 2020 with s- some kind of like wisp of credibility uh on them and then but when their feasts to the fire did they actually defund the fucking police nope. even a little no and do shit and then they they didn't as we're gonna find out they didn't stick by shama yeah. um so Shama continues it's absolutely the failure of the Democratic Party to fight for working people, its efforts to block and crush those who do fight like Bernie Sanders and like our movement here in Seattle that paves the way for the right wing. Let's not forget that an actual Republican and Davison who joined the party in the era of Trump has gotten elected as city attorney. Uh, obviously that's a race we've talked a lot about. Um, yeah. Kind of the most disappointing loss yeah. is that of uh, N- Nicole Thomas Kennedy uh, in November. Here in Seattle, the Democrats in City Hall have refused to fight for working people, refused to take on big business, and refused to use a movement-based strategy. But it's worse than that. They've actually fought our movements every step of the way and tried to undermine working people's movements repeatedly, partly by falsely making it about my personality, blaming me for not following the quote-unquote process and claiming that I am not nice (laughs) when we have used our position on the (laughs) dais to expose them as is our moral and political duty. And here it comes. Not one of the sitting eight democratic city council members spoke out against the right wing recall, not one given what is at stake for the working class in this fight. It tells you all you need to know about those democratic politicians. Even when the stakes are high, Even the progressive wing of the Democratic Party betrays working people again and again.
2: Yeah, no, because I mean, all of those council members are just like the fucking shitty takes we've been seeing on Twitter. That's like, well, I mean, I support Shama, but like, let's just say hypothetically she lost, you know, like maybe we could get a, a progressive like Ace Houston in the seat, you know, <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm I mean, that sure that is the real take we saw. I'm online. sure that, they, yeah. you know, I, I I'm not saying that they were they were theorizing that it was going to be ace but i mean you know that uh, th- you know that the council members were all having their combos of like oh you know it would be so nice if we could you know just replace shama with someone who is a little bit more pragmatic and progressive you know there was
1: like back channel negotiations Absolutely. going on there with various like ngo like executive directors and like politicians like they're, they were circling the wagons on that for I sure. I mean, I
2: even saw a hot take that was like, maybe Lorena will move to the third district so she can okay. run. I'm just like, Jesus Again, Christ.
0: So, so two categories of things happening here. Absolute like political neophytes like having weird fucking online fantasies that have nothing to do with reality, like thinking Lorena Gonzalez was going to get was going to move to the third and get appointed, having just fucking ate <laughs> shit in an election or the that the nobody can that still they followed win. online, who got got fucking sub three percent in a primary, <laughs> was going to reward be rewarded with that incredible waste of time and utter failure with a fucking appointed position in a <laughs> city council of a major American city, absolutely idiotic. And then the other thing, actual like uh, Pauls and you know power brokers almost certainly putting lists together of like, who can we get into this seat? You know? Yeah. I mean, do we think any, do we know of any like uh, proposals, like uh, anybody who was being campaigned for? I don't for know this? of any
2: actual proposals, but like, I feel like it would have been like Casey six killer vibes, like someone <laughs> like that. Like it wouldn't have been a fucking progressive, like anyone who thinks it actually would I mean, have been so stupid. Everyone's a progressive, in this town. Bruce um, when, a progressive. Like,
1: when somebody mentioned it to me, I was just like, the only like non cowardly answer is just appoint like a cadre from socialist alternatives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: seriously. Yeah. Reappoint. And they're Shama. not going to do
1: that. They would never do
0: yeah. that. So, no, of course. No, like, but again, but, I... yeah. But people did have this fantasy like, oh, but they're going to appoint a, a a real progressive because, you know, it's such a progressive district and Shama is a progressive. So they're going to replace no. her. And And the council, even the eight person council, will be progressive the so you know Lorena Gonzalez ever. is gonna yeah. appoint like forgetting the fact that bullshit that that isn't even true at that point but almost certainly that like when that would have gone down would have been in January with the new fucking right-wing council yeah yeah like this isn't yeah. gonna get this election's not gonna be certified for like another couple of fucking weeks and then they have a month or something after that uh So they weren't going to fucking, Lorena wasn't going to cast a vote on this. Then that's your fucking stalwart who was going to put in like a progressive who you could be happy about. Like, gosh, well, we lost, you know, the champion of the working class, but we got this tool from an NGO who's like, you know, a Warren Democrat.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, none of them, none of them would have (laughs) ever spoken out uh, in favor of the recall, maybe. But yeah, I mean, you know, they were all dreaming of a uh, uh, easy next two to four years for their terms because you know e- we all know this council isn't going to get a lot done with this conservative new uh, uh folks coming in. But uh, Shama is gonna, really
0: not going to get a lot done with Shama on there. That's
2: what. Well, yeah, Shama is going to make sure that they're fucking <laughs> having a slow hard that time shit doing. The fuck doing down. It. Yeah, where yeah, if they would have replaced her with somebody who didn't fucking care like the rest of them, then they would have had a great time. So well,
0: it's inc- It's incredible too because like. You would imagine that, and generally, this is true in a legislative body, there tends to be a bias for self preservation against fucking uh, structures and like initiatives to uh, remove people from office that tends to be like they tend to be inoculated against that. You can see like people like poo pooing this effort uh, because, you know, they see it as a threat to their own fucking position. And the fact that nobody did that, no. nobody yeah. did come out, even on that very like weak tea, uh line of attack against this recall. Uh, nobody, The fact that nobody did that tells you that like no one's going to waste a recall effort on any of these people because they're not they're not worth it because they're yeah. they're just fucking tools anyway.
2: Sorry, I, this is you can cut this, but um munya just tweeted kanye going wild amazing performance so far and i'm just like oh you were tired oh you needed to watch the drake kanye performance i see i see Called what's happening
0: out. Called out <laughs> leave it in let's stand oh in God. um munya okay She sums. shama sums up uh or shama uh shama continues about local democrats many people ask and have asked throughout history, and have asked throughout the history of capitalist democracy, why is it when progressive people get elected, even well meaning ones, they don't do anything much or they utterly sell out? There's no big mystery. Fundamentally, this is because this system puts enormous pressure on elected representatives to operate within the status quo. And it is only by basing yourself on movements that you can fight back. What do we have to say about like the difference of, you know, movement politics?
1: Yeah, I mean, so, you know, like what she's saying is like the theory that, um, you know, the system is fine. But if we just the the problem is that we don't have the right people in charge of it. And if we just elected the right people, you know, we we could fix, you know, Whatever of capitalis- capitalism's various problems, like Shama's is like, no, that is not the the issue. Um, you know, uh, th- this system is is structurally a system that uh, you know favors the bourgeois, favors capital, and the only way like you can stand against all that pressure is, you know, if you elect a politician, they need organization to back them up and hold them. A cannibal or else you know like what what's the what's the point,
0: yeah, and that is Shama Sawan, backed by a movement and not afraid just constitutionally to stand in the fucking way of the status quo to denounce it in front of its face, to refuse to make friends and be nice with colleagues on the council to and to and has a movement behind her that that uh is that she's responsible to for putting her where she is.
1: Cause even during the middle of this campaign, like Shama was, you know, uh, we wor- working with, you know, art from the Peter J. McGuire group, you know, on the, the carpenter strike, um, you know, standing in solidarity with them. Uh, Shama did a bunch for, uh, you know, like tenant tenant organizing, like very, very recently, like helping people win those fights. Like, yeah, I mean, Shama definitely like uses her office to, uh, you know, support movements and also like uh, to be accountable to those movements.
0: Yeah. And when we talk about accountability here, like it's very fucking clear cut. It's not the way that like Democrats talk about. Yeah. You know, bullshit yeah. about being accountable to whatever the fuck they think they are. This election, sh- you know, shows like Shama would not be on the city council anymore or ever before if it weren't for a shitload of people putting in an enormous yep. amount of organized work. And if Shama Sawant fucking pissed off those people and turned sold out, in her words, uh, to the status quo, those fanatics would not have shown up.
2: No. Yeah.
0: And so it's a ba- that it's that basic transaction, like she literally owes that seat to a bunch of people who are really committed to you know movement anti-capitalist politics
2: well see greg so, us yeah. in organizing would actually say it's not transactional it's transformational
0: organizing yeah there you go um, <laughs> then, that.
2: you know she's she's not just saying oh hey can you sign up for this shift uh to help me get elected it's like oh like shama is actually our council member and working for us so absolutely i'm going to fucking show up and work for her like There's no question. Right. And I mean, sorry, I don't think anybody was like flying out to Seattle to knock for or for to knock for uh, uh, Lorena. Like it just wasn't happening. Um, And people where and people (laughs) were doing possible. People were doing that for Shama. Like, you know, I saw some some heavy hitter DSA members came out to knock doors. And, you know, I just I know. Yeah, everybody showed up because, again, it's not transactional. Like it's. Yeah. We know that Shama is showing up for us, so
0: absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, you know, like Shama also is not, you know, like a, a hyper localist. She tries to tie, mm-hmm. you know, these local issues to national issues, and you know that that does help for things like uh, you know fundraising and national support, uh, like Shama. Uh, you know, is part of a national international organization. Chama was definitely like interested in the DSA national endorsement. Like, not every candidate is so. Like, I don't know. I I, I think that is important. Like, it's important to pay attention to you know what's going on in uh in in Seattle. But like, uh, you know, u- ultimately, like we we do need to like go bigger and
2: uh, yeah, think big absolutely, yeah. yep.
0: Yeah. So on that subject, Shama does get into uh, a dig at the National Democrats here. She says the failure of Biden to do much of anything for working class people during this historic crisis is rooted in the fact that his administration and his party base themselves on what is acceptable to big business. His failure to fight for for a $15 minimum wage as promised or Medicare for all, which he has always opposed on behalf of billionaires or for the funding urgently needed to fight the climate crisis. I think we can all agree. Uh, uh, fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> that that all rings uh, pretty true. He's a yeah. piece of shit. Now, here's it's getting a little more spicy here. The failure of the squad to win much of anything for working class people is because rather than build fighting movements as we have in Seattle, they have built an alliance with Biden, Pelosi, and company. Shama said,
2: "Force
1: the vote." <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was just a big controversy in uh, DSA yeah. over like Jamal Bowman yeah. voting for like Iron Dome funding. So for Israel, I mean, I don't know. From from my perspective, like Shama said, either Shama or Brianna Joy Gray, maybe <laughs> both, said something similar uh, at the at this like fundraiser we threw over the summer mm-hmm. um, about mm-hmm. the about the squad, and I was kind of like, well. I don't know. You know, I think that's that's a little a little hard on them. But like, and then uh, what
2: happened though? Yeah. I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: I I think I think I think she's she's right. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with, without that organization be behind them, without that you know accountability to to movements, uh, yeah, I mean, these uh, progressives in in Congress are gonna are gonna sell us out.
0: Yeah, I think like you know, I mean if you're tuning in for the first time where this isn't a podcast where we find any particular entertainment talk going on about elected, you know, DSA candidates or the squad or whatever in one way or the in one take or the other. But, uh, you know, I think that's, I think she's nonetheless stating facts here. And I mean, like,
1: I, w- I would say like DSA, like, Congressional endorsements are like yeah. almost like paper endorsements. Like yeah. we're, we're doing it. Like I say, we, I don't speak for the whole DSA, uh, but um, you know, DSA endorses these congressional candidates opportunistically either to like build membership or like get access to them to work on some national campaign. Like the candidate actually doesn't need us to win. And so like, unless we like change this, relationship or add some kind of accountability like this kind of thing that happened with bowman is going to happen over and over again i think
0: shama goes on ultimately the growth of the right wing and the far right is spurred on again and again by anger and disappointment with the democratic party facts trump is a con man and a reactionary but the support he has in the working class is a direct result of anger at the democrats for hardly even pretending to fight for working people. Preach. Yep. yep. the continuation of this will be utter disaster. It will be further growth of the right wing. If it continues, it will mean a more dangerous white wing admin. It will mean a more dangerous right wing administration in the White House, whether Trump in twenty twenty four or someone else. I think it's a very clear eyed analysis. It's you know, yeah. certainly not the only one making it, but it happens to be true. Yeah. Democrats
1: are going to get waxed in yeah, the midterm. It's going to be
2: so bad. I
1: think I saw a poll that was like, right now uh, Trump would beat Biden in a presidential election. Oh well,
2: no shit.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he, they had a moment they could have done fucking anything and they didn't, they didn't even, they couldn't even fucking pay out as much cash as the fucking Republicans when they were in power. I mean, what that, I mean,
2: yeah, dude, this time last year, I, I was done fucking balling. Like, I'm so poor now and I can only dude, thank Joe Byron for that. So thanks. I'm
0: a lot. fucking rich now because I've been working. working. Disgusting. Yes. just an insane amount. <laughs> See, since, some of since us,
2: some have been forced back to work. I, I can't. I'm not going there yet. No, nope, can't do specifically, it. Specifically,
0: like literally right when like the first week of September, second week of September, <laughs> somehow un, really unconnected. I, I suddenly from that moment on i've been working just non-stop and it's great to like not know that even though my work presumably is going to finally shut down sometime in the weeks before christmas and not pick up till january again i'm gonna survive the winter you know i'm not going to be like desperately poor like every other winter of my adult life when i'm out of work um but I really resent that it's because I've had to work for a living instead yeah. of getting money from off the dole, and yeah. it's, it sucks. I don't want to do this shit.
2: Yeah, anyway. and like okay. they haven't even made us start paying our loans again yet. Like it's gonna be so bad in twenty twenty two.
3: Yeah, I mean I'm like, not
0: paying that shit, yeah. but um, <laughs> <laughs> from my cold dead hands, <laughs> don't pay your student loans.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, It's fine. You're not going to collect Social Security anyway. Um, So, okay, that brings us to the end of the uh, Democrat tea. Um, You know, now skipping ahead a bit, uh, we'll we'll end our our Shama victory speech appreciation episode with um, some real some straight talk. It is very positive that DSA has grown to more than 90,000 members. However, it is not enough to organize generally around the idea of socialism. To be more effective, DSA needs to, and again I say this as a member, build its Marxist wing and base itself on class struggle methods. That is to say, on organizing working people to fight for their interests, not on accommodation or alliances with existing power structures with the non-profits, with the the progressive Democrats. Haters will tell you the truth. Haters will tell you the truth.
3: Yes, I'm a Marxist
0: and I'm a Trotskyist. I am a Marxist, or even that I am a Trotskyist. This is true. Now, (laughs) I'm a DSA member, and I sometimes show up to knock doors for things, and... I uh, used to show up to uh, the drinking events when they yeah. happened, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, but that's pretty much my the extent of my involvement in the Democratic Socialists of America. Um, so I don't really follow like the ideological uh, sort of conversations, Break much it down, less, Justin. You know anything deeper than that. So, Justin, you're the inside man. Um, you know, what how does this ring to you? Like, what do you think of this analysis of? Uh, you know organizing politics dsa whatever haters will tell you the truth i'm a
1: marxist <laughs> and i'm a gamer
2: <laughs> haters will tell you the truth i'm a marxist and a podcaster
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay yeah i can endorse that one
1: yeah yeah i mean i i think uh like i generally generally agree like there there are definitely like uh you know, several Marxist caucuses and maybe, you know, definitely like, uh, maybe a plurality of people or something would probably in DSA would probably consider themselves, um, Marxist. I think, uh, like, I think the big difference is like whether you actually do, you know, class struggle. And so like, you know, if you, if you do stuff for Shama, like, People will be mean to you. Like I have a buddy that when he was uh, uh, tabling for Shama, he like got spit on. Um, Like I know in 2019, when like I spoke for Shama at the local like democratic LD meeting, (laughs) I got booed and then they all booed a little kid. Like, it's like, like, shama's like you know like uh class struggle like strategy it's like you know the the lines are are drawn and uh like the sides are like very polarized and it like clarifies a lot of things like who who's really on your side are the are the dems really on your side when it comes down to actually like doing something meaningful and challenging capital well you can kind of see they they aren't and um i know like and not everybody wants to run these types of class struggle campaigns because it's it's hard and uh people will be people will be mean to you and people will uh retaliate but i really think uh it's uh it's it's effective not not just for like uh just like getting elected, but just even for like um, raising consciousness. Like, you know, totally. you're talking about fucking like rent control. You're not talking about some utopian thing that like, you know, working people don't actually think is going to happen or you have like the politics to make it happen. Some people might, might say that this is suggesting like, uh, you know, DSA has to do, you know, like the clean break strategy, like immediately start like a, a new party, and I don't, I don't know if she's exact, exactly getting at that. She might be, like I don't totally uh, agree with that. I'm more of a a, a dirty breaker myself, but um, I think, I think DSA does need to get a little bit bolder, and like what what we did at the convention, I can look back in hindsight and say like it didn't totally meet the moment you know like uh, a lot of the stuff we we passed at the convention is not really relevant and we're not really like acting on it like we probably should have we probably we should have more of a class struggle approach and although the organization is a big tent i do think it should be broadly like a, a marxist organization
2: I mean, I think all she's saying is that haters yeah. are her motivators, so yeah, <laughs> that's what I took away from this.
0: Elia. Yeah. Well, folks, solidarity and congratulations to the 3rd District, to Shama Sawant, to her campaign, to Socialist Alternative, and all the uh, DSA or- organizers who got out there, to all the friends we've made along the way um it's a good good day also you know uh we'll end up talking about this uh on the next episode you hear whatever that is but uh the first starbucks restaurant in america was hell yeah like as we you know alluded to at the beginning bad day for howard schultz Um, and i got my playstation 5
1: Holy shit! That happened. Today? That happened
0: yesterday so on, the other, on the other the other good ballot okay, yeah.
1: drop. It's yeah. like the Shama ballot yeah, drop yeah. minutes later. I get that PS five in the mail.
2: Santa's coming early. Man,
0: hell yeah, shit's mm-hmm. going good, man. Like,
2: love to see it.
0: Yeah, I, I can't. I would hate for the other shoe to drop. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure.
2: Uh, so yeah, and I mean, you know, even though obviously this is a win for Shama. Um, the SA folks are still working to make sure that every no ballot is counted. And so if you can definitely be sure to donate to the Shama Solidarity campaign um, because their ballot curing is going to be going on for the next several days and they could definitely use the funds.
1: Shamasolidarity.org slash donate. Hell yeah.
2: Haters will tell you the truth. Um After listening to this episode, you should go check out Ending the Myth. (laughs) That was my promotion.
1: Haters will tell you the truth. I'm a dad and I'm in a polycule.
2: (laughs) You know, haters will also tell you the truth um, by making sure you give us that five-star review on Apple
0: Podcasts because we're perfect. Wait, can I tell you something, though? Well, so everybody, we've just cut out the part where uh, Cassidy and Justin spoiled the bake-off for me, (laughs) uh, and we'll just move right on to thanking our patrons, uh, Lucas and Alex, uh, welcome to the fold, you couple of freaks, um, and uh, good night, assholes. But what is Marxism, and why is it
3: important? In short, Marxism is scientific socialism. It is based on the study of history, of capitalism and its inner laws, and about what is necessary to take humanity forward. As Karl Marx said, quote, philosophers have only interpreted the world in different ways. The point is to change it. The basic ideas of scientific socialism are now 175 years old, but they are and will remain the most modern of ideas so long as the bankrupt system of capitalism exists. Marx recognized that history under capitalism under all previous class societies was defined by class struggle. The ruling class viciously exploits the majority of society to whatever degree it can get away with and the exploited can only win any gains by getting organized and fighting back. Capitalism is a system of ongoing crises characterized by instability, by recessions and depressions. Marx saw that the ruthless quest for profits would lead to imperialist powers dominating not only their own working classes, but increasingly those across the globe. He concluded, that the working class was the only force that could take society forward, and that could only happen if we got organized with clear ideas. He saw that no ruling class anywhere ever would allow a society based on equality and solidarity. He saw that the engine of change under class society is class struggle and ultimately These basic ideas are as true today as ever. And the urgency is even greater as the capitalists prepare to take humanity over the cliff of climate catastrophe. We will not get that disaster by compromising with the capitalists. We will not prevent it by making alliances with corporate politicians and uh, telling each other that we have to be nice and nice defined by them. We need to take the big corporations, starting with the big energy corporations, as I said, into democratic public ownership, run them democratically by the workers. If we don't, the bosses will destroy the planet as we know it. The clock is ticking. We urgently need to rebuild a fighting labor movement. We need to build powerful mass movements. We need to win the majority of the working class to socialist ideas. How do we do that? By showing the power of those ideas in actions as we have done again and again in Seattle. (laughs) By, By showing how we have by winning victories like $15 minimum wage, like the Amazon tax, like groundbreaking renters' rights, by fighting alongside renters, um, workers on, the sh- on strike and helping them win their demands, by fighting alongside social movements for the same. This is how the socialist movement must be built. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why the example of socialist alternative here in Seattle and nationally is so crucial. If you recognize the importance of what we are doing, if you are impressed with what we have done in this campaign and throughout our Socialist City Council office in Seattle eight years, if you want to learn more about how we have been so effective, I really encourage you to find out more. Join Socialist Alternative. There are forms right now being circulated to join Socialist Alternative. I urge you to talk to the people with the clipboards. Can you raise your clipboards? What are our next steps? In Seattle, we have an unfinished fight for rent control, that's for sure. We collected 15,000 signatures this summer and fall. Now we need to build a movement to force the Democrats to pass our legislation. And it's not going to happen without a fighting movement yeah. nationally we see the vicious attack on roe v wade on basic women's rights we need the dsa the unions the big women's rights organization to organize mass protests yeah. we need to build on the strikes and militancy of tower and for that we need to build rank and file leadership to overcome the opposition of so many trade union leaders who have opposed class struggle methods. We have not only these crucial fights in front of us, we have a world to win. Another world is both possible and necessary. If a small revolutionary socialist organization in Seattle can beat richest guys in the world again and again, you can be sure that or the organized power of the wider working class can and will change society. Solidarity.